And let's welcome uh, Checkpoint RNZ Checkpoint reporter Jimmy Ellingham, based in Palmerston North, but he has been at Waitangi this week. Morning, Jimmy. Great to have you with us. Yeah, kia ora, Catherine. Good to be here, and uh, it is good to be back home, but uh, I had a nice couple of days, as you'll be about to introduce. Pretty amazing experience this year. Huge turnout, this incredible um, uh, and, and quite rare uh, tikanga of having uh, various tribes um, speaking in situations that would not be normal, a sense of an incredible coming together of Te Ao Māori. Uh, what was it like on the ground? Yeah, yeah, well, it was my first time at Waitangi. I don't know, Catherine, you've been to a few, I'd take it, um, when you were a political reporter. Do you know what? I never covered the event itself. I've certainly been to Waitangi, but I'd never covered the events myself. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, neither. So this year was the, the, the first time. And it really started on Monday, which is the day the, the government politicians turned up. We had opposition parties come over uh, the weekend. But on Monday morning, I, you know, you got up, I got up fairly early because you want to see what's happening. And even before the first light, there were people just converging on Waitangi. You know, I was staying in Paihia, which is a, it's effectively just around the bay from uh, Waitangi. And there were already there were cars, there were people headed into uh, into the area. It was expected, of course, this year that, that the government would get a fiery reception due to those world reverse policies um, of the new coalition government. There's ex-treaty principles bill. There's the likes of the naming of government departments moving away from the Māori names to the English names. But at Paihe, there were so many people. There were people camped on the waterfront areas. There were cars parked everywhere you can imagine on the roads leading into it. Early in the day, too, we had Tame Iti's art installation. Hundreds of people dressed in white with white flags. There was music, and it was set against the sea. So uh, quite a stunning backdrop at Waitangi and quite a, a stunning place to have such uh, such a work of art involving hundreds of people. But uh, locals and seasoned people, people who, who know, reckon that it was the biggest turnout in years. And, and we heard that across the, the several days of the festival, tens of thousands of people came. And on Monday, the crowds were as big as four times what they were last year. Uh, I, I was told too, a few people said that often the politicians speaking is actually, it's not the bit that people want to come and see. It's, it's just a small part of a, sure. a wider festival. But, but, but this year people were keen to hear what those government ministers and representatives had to say. So the first government minister to speak was the Māori Development Minister Tama Potaka. And um, what, what did he have to say and how was it received? Yes, he he was the first one up on the on the pipe from the from the national party. He he responded really to what we heard over the weekend. Chris Hipkins and the Labour Party came with warnings of spiders and dens of lions. I think with the references to the government talking about what what the opposition see as really an attack on Maori. But Tama Portaka says. Well, you know, we've come here, the spiders and the lions of the beehive, he said, <laughs> pointing at his face. He said, is this the face of a lion or a spider? I'm like the feather of a huia bird. So he's trying to tempt down some of those uh, descriptions that we saw there. He, he was, this is about midday, so it's starting to get very hot and the crowd's swelling. When the, when the government ministers were welcomed on, there was probably only lines of people two or three or four deep. But then I looked up and suddenly I'm surrounded by massive throng of people. It's very hot, but where we're standing, where the people watching are standing are, are under the trees. So you can stand there quite comfortably for a few hours and watch what's happening. So uh, that's interesting that he's, of course, a national member. This is the this is the other part of uh, tikanga, actually, in terms of the pōwhiri and, and, and the welcoming of people. It was absolutely the leaders of the three parties and the three parties uh, who were who were represented. Um, 
they each sort of, I guess, had their own strategy for how they spoke um, for the kōrero and, and, and for how it was received. Let's talk about ACT. Um, we'll come back to, to David Seymour, the party's leader, in a moment. But what sort of reception did the ACT Minister, Nicole McKee, get? Yeah, she was the first to speak from the ACT Party, and she got a very, very hostile reception. There was heckling from the crowd. Now, she spoke entirely in Te Reo Māori, but as she spoke, there was singing drowning her out, which is customary when people don't like uh, what's been said. It wasn't everybody singing, but uh, there was a lot of people singing out. She she said that she told people there that she was proud of the ACT Party's work, and that was greeted with cries of shame or you should be ashamed, depending on who was uh, doing the heckling. Um, after the speeches, and there was a break for Kai, so there's there's a porphyry or welcome and speeches that go on for a few hours, two or three hours for that, and then the politicians went away and had lunch. But after that, I got a chance to speak to Mrs McKee, and she said she wasn't ashamed of speaking what she called her truth. She also said she felt fine despite the despite the heckling, uh, because she said she came home. She's she's from the from the area, and she said she knew she couldn't make everybody happy, but she was, in her words, humbled to be given the chance to speak about Tino Rangatiratanga for all, uh, which is the self determination. And she said having a dialogue showed that we are on the path to unification. So I asked her a bit more about what that dialogue was, and here's what she said. I listened to a lot of the corridor that happened today and what I've picked up from Māori is the hurt and this is the whole point of everyone coming together to have a corridor so we can listen. I've taken that on board, the hurt that I've heard and that is also why we need to watch how we go about having the conversation. I'm proud to be a part of this and I want outcomes that benefit all New Zealanders. So it's about not only just talking but also listening. And that's your point of view. What about the leadership of the ACT Party? The leadership of the ACT Party wants the same thing, where we have tenoranga tiratanga for all, where everybody is equal. That's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, that is uh, one of the, the, the controversial aspects of ACT's uh, position being challenged by tangata whenua. Uh, what else did you ask her? I also asked her about how wise it was to have that conversation at the moment, because National has been pretty clear, hasn't it, that there will be no referendum on the Treaty Principles Bill. But uh, Mrs McKee said, well, it's time to have that debate, and New Zealanders voted for that. Um, then you've got the whole argument, don't you, where the ACT Party is around about 8% isn't necessarily proof of that. But on the other hand, there was a pretty overwhelming vote for change. So, so there's, there's two sides of that debate, really, and we saw both sides on display. In fact, somebody at one point, one of the Ngāpui speakers said it did appear like both sides, and when I say both sides, I mean the government on one side and, and Māori, the Māori speakers on the other, were talking two different languages, talking past each other almost when they were when they're on their spe- giving their speeches on Monday. Now, the former MP, Hone uh, Harawera, along a fixture, of course, also, um uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's Waitangi, of course, and very direct as normal in his korero. Yeah, very, very direct. And his language fired up some sections of the crowd. He uh, he said in reference to that Treaty Principles Bill, I'm pretty sure he was looking at David Seymour at that point, he said, you and your shitty-ass bill are going down the toilet. So no, no doubt about what he thinks about that. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters was also, he was booed immediately and he started his speech by saying that he would keep this brief because he had to go to a meeting with foreign ambassadors, which did not go down well. He, he had quite a combative tone and this is, it reminded me actually of a, of a press conference he gave the day after the election 
uh, last year, just over the bay in Russell, where where he was quite combative. But this time, people were yelling at him to enoho or sit down. But he wasn't really taking that and saying, talking about his history in the Maori movement, his history of fighting for Maori language. And he cited uh, Fina Cooper. He said, "We were marching. Where were you?" And talking about the 1975 land marches, just to make the point uh, that that he's been round and for quite a few, you know, many decades, many years, getting education. He yelled out. At 1.2, he also said he wanted to correct some of the misinformation that, uh, in his words, that New Zealand First or the government was wanting to get rid of the treaty. He said that wasn't uh, the case at all. Uh, David Seymour, the ACT Party leader, he he was greeted by protesters, but Ngāpui leaders urged everyone to let Mr Seymour speak, in which he did. And he he also faced quite a bit of hostility from the from the crowd, from the audience. But he he he. Took a, you know, he addressed it full on. He said, you're not going to beat an idea of singing any more than you're going to beat an idea of a gun, he told the people who were attempting to drown him out. And he also said the rest of the country might not like a debate being silenced by a few, the few, presumably the people there trying to drown Mr Seymour out. Well, let's talk about the Prime Minister, Christopher Luxon. A lot of focus on the fact that chunks of the speech were word for word uh, what he said last year. Um, someone really probably didn't put too much thought either into the speech or into the fact that that would undoubtedly be noticed. So there's been a focus on that, but park that for a moment. Um, what what did he, what was the focus of his kōrero? The focus, well, the leaders were asked to, everyone there from the government was asked to speak about what they had a vision for 2040, what New Zealand might look like. But that's perhaps where Mr Luxon diverged from the other speakers in that he didn't really address the 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 corridor from the from the other side as it were head on and just just it seemed anyway that he read his speech and it was quite interesting I was among the crowd for all the previous speakers and be it be it you know speakers from Mapui or or other realms of Māoridom versus speakers from the government everyone was very animated the crowd was really into it watching what was happening but when Mr Luxon spoke the mood just it calmed down, but also people started walking off or not taking any notice and starting their own conversations. As it became clear, Mr. Luxon's speech wasn't wasn't in the same manner or tone of the others. It was really a, delivering a, a prepared speech, as as you know, it has been reported elsewhere. He focused very much on growing the economy, on education, on on things like that. And there have been in the days since criticism that he has faced for for repeating some slices from last year as well. I think uh, it may be a subject of debate as to whether it was almost uh, deliberate to um, kind of stay out of the main kōrero. The issue is whether, uh, as Prime Minister and as leader of this three-party coalition, he's going to, he's going to be able to sustain that. But it would certainly be uh, a, a tactic that could be adopted, which is just to make yourself, I guess, a, a small target. Let's talk about someone who seldom does that and didn't at Waitangi either, uh, Shane Jones. <laughs> Yeah, Shane Jones also spoke. He actually, there was a haka uh, there to, to, to greet him. Um, I caught up with him afterwards as well, and I just asked him about some of the strong words that Winston Peters said, and here's what Mr Jones said about that. Oh, I think it was a response to the nature of the delivery from Hone and, uh, and, and Annette. And rest assured, Winston's been coming here since like the late 1960s, earlier actually, so he is of Ngāpohi, and um, he's very, uh, very staunch in guarding his own connections with Waitangi, and not too different from me. Resent any suggestion that um, we've um, done things to dishonour the treaty. 
the Annette being referred to there, of course, is lawyer Annette Sykes. Yes, yes, and she, she spoke yesterday as well, but one of her messages is that Māori are about 20% of the vote, so you, you can't overlook them. Mr Jones went on to, to repeat something that Mr Peters had spoken about, effectively saying that you need to take into account the changing demographics of New Zealand and you can't keep looking back and invoking, in his words, 1835, the Declaration of Independence. Um, Mr Jones also said that throughout the day he had had quite a few accusations of dishonouring and disrespecting the treaty, which he rejected. Um, but he has the afternoon went on that the politicians left and we a sense of calm returned uh, to the place. And there was the, the welcome for the Governor-General on the Monday night as well as the Navy band played. It was, it was a calm evening. It's a really lovely atmosphere there, uh, Catherine, when you're looking out across across the bay. It must be one of the nicer parts of New Zealand, I'd think. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, there, as always, it is observed that sometimes we get that the, the heat uh, boils up, particularly at certain points. And uh, and uh, then behind the scenes there can be a very uh, different tenor. It is uh, something quite unique, that is for sure. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Thank you. Yamahi nui. That is uh, Jimmy Ellingham, who is RNZ Checkpoints reporter who's been at Waitangi these past days.